house. Pastor Moore's coming. Everybody say, bless him mightily, God, in Jesus' name. Oh, let's give that unto the Lord in, the in this the Wednesday Lord. night. In the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank him for the cross. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank him for a debt that he paid that we could not pay. Anybody ought to be thankful. It ought to be us as Gentile people. That was in a world lost and undone, without hope, without promise, without access unto the Almighty God. Until a man by the name of Jesus that came walking up on this earth, rent that veil, hallelujah, and tore down petitions and walls and made a way that you and I can join together on a Wednesday night just like this. Feel his hand, feel his touch, and know that it's surety that we have a God, we have a Savior, we have a Lord thankful tonight that we can call him our Lord really the only way scripturally that you can call him Lord is by the Holy Ghost that's the word of God and I'm thankful to be a part of people tonight of faith and believes let's come to worship him on this Wednesday night and feel after his heartbeat and his direction God, we love you tonight and appreciate you. And we thank you for this opportunity to be here. You look down upon from the heavens upon this service, upon every man, woman, boy, and girl that's a part of this assembly. I pray for a special visitation and a touch that can only come from you. Your glory would fill the house. Your glory would fill our hearts, our minds, our spirit. Your grace and your glory would help us to say what needs to be said and say it in the love and compassion that it needs to be said in. God, all the glory and the praise and honor is going to be lifted unto you. It's not by our own power and might, but by your spirit, by your anointing. We give you the honor for it here tonight in Jesus' name. Lord bless you, and you may be seated. So good to see Sister Shaw with us tonight. God bless her. Appreciate her being in the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. It's good to see others. Some's been vacation, things of that nature. It's good to see. Over the last two or three weeks, we had several out and all made their way back home. Thank God for that. Bring for others that are not here. Some, no doubt, is going out to work. Pray that God would keep them. Some of them, when they go out to work, sometimes it could be very dangerous. Jeopardize their lives having to ride helicopters and face storms. And it, it do us well to pray for them and ask God to keep them minister to them. Don't take life for granted. Don't take your days for granted. Prayer can make a difference. Calling on God, lifting our voices unto Him. Even on Wednesday night when we feel like we about burn out. Amen. It's pretty obvious. I look across the faces here tonight. That's understandable though. I understand that. Amen. We're going to pursue this a little further tonight, really not sure just how this is going to work out and how many rabbits we're going to jump, but um, if we jump them all, we may be here a while. Praise God. <laughs> well, we may jump them, we just won't run them. How about that? Yeah, there's a difference. Praise God. Now, we hope we stir some up. In fact, that's a part of the heart of this tonight. Amen. It's being stirred. How many really enjoyed the Bishop Sunday? No doubt. How many were stirred by the message? How many have you, since you've heard the message, you pray more than you did, was since Sunday? 
You're reading your Bible more, and it, it moved you. You stir because you knew that there was a presence and a glory that was in this house Sunday. And can I say this without being offensive, because that's not what I'm trying to say, but, but I have a feeling some missed it. Some, some didn't really realize what was available, and what was at our fingertips, and as he preached to us, and we responded at the very end of it, and man, but uh, that's what we're pursuing, and I believe God, God arranged for the bishop to be here, and to preach and minister to us in the way that he did and oh I thoroughly enjoyed it and I know you did too and he enjoyed being here he always loved to come to Bendale it's pretty close to home where he started out uh, living for God and preaching and uh, he calls us home believe it or not he says it's on the outskirts but it's close enough <laughs> amen hallelujah I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about the glory a little bit tonight, and um, but um, but we're going to probably spin off in some little direction also, even from the Sunday service. Uh, how long has it been since the Word of God has really stirred you, moved you? Uh, the the Word, the presence, the 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 whole ordeal and. You know, and, and I've said this before, and now there's other preachers are saying it occasionally, and sometimes they're getting in trouble <laughs> about all the events and conferences and camp meetings and things that's going on across our land with so many different organizations and everybody's having and wanting to have their own, and I'm not against none of them. Don't take that wrong. I'm not. Let's have church. Let's join together as often as we can and who we can, especially in truth and especially to worship God and feel after the glory of God and the power of God. But you can't go to all of them. And if you're not careful, amen, you can't, you know, if you're not careful, especially with technology, this is one of the good areas of technology. You can take your phone and you can become a part of it without even going there. You can enjoy it even as the time they're enjoying it or possibly later, even a week, a month, or a year later, two years later, five years later. Man, so you and I, in a sense, can be in church if we choose to on a regular and daily basis. We can be in some form in what we call church and what we call at least church services where we can hear the preached word of God and we can hear songs being sung. And, and even to the point now that, uh, and let's just tell it, I mean, uh, we lost the battle with video. <laughs> We've lost about a lot of this, and uh, we just, but now, so we've got to be careful. Got to be careful, but now we watch it. We watch it on our screens, and we behold it. And, uh, uh, but, um, but, to, but we're still pursuing. And, and you know what? I believe Abram, Abraham, he became later named, and uh, looking for that city, the city that he never attained upon this land and in this life, but he's looking. And so, you folks, I'm telling you something. I am pursuing something. I'm pursuing a, a move of God, a move of the Holy Ghost, a, a glory that fills the house to such a place and to such a form and such a manner. Amen. Whenever you, you look, when you go to Exodus, the 40th chapter, and, and don't stand. I, I sure you know, prayed like I did. Let you be seated. It's Wednesday night. I understand it. And um, it, it's not going to stop the glory of God if you're sitting Man, it moved in the upper room where they were, were sitting. They just didn't stay there sitting. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. 
When the glory of God gets to moving, it can move in even on a Wednesday night. And you won't feel near as tired. And you won't feel near as whatever. Amen. Because that's just what the glory does. It lifts. It, it, it inspires. It, it puts life into us. Anointing. Actually, the word. I thought I mentioned this here lately. Even the word anointing actually means energy. The anointing of God that energizes us. The quickening. Amen. The Bible talks about in the New Testament how you would need a teacher in that area. And really what it means to know God. Each and every one of us can know God on a personal basis. Amen. Have a personal walk and a personal fellowship with him. We don't have to wait till we gather. We enjoy that. And we're doing that. And it's a part of it. And it's a essential. It's a part of the essentiality to be saved. I don't think you can save yourself. I don't believe you can baptize yourself. With the Holy Ghost or in water baptism. <laughs> it's kind of hard to pronounce Jesus over your name when you ain't got your head under the water. I mean, I mean, come on. You're drowned, praise God. But anyway, I believe you got to have a believer. you got to have somebody, amen, because God set it up that way. And so, so we just got to get back to that place. You know what? I'm just going to do what God says. I'm going to just go back to the original. You know, when you really start seeking salvation and seeking God, you just go back to the original. What's the original? It's the word of God. It's, it's, it's what's written in this book. And it, it hadn't, you know, what's been fulfilled. We don't have to, uh, to, to uh, fulfill any longer or abide by because it's been fulfilled. It's accomplished through Jesus Christ. But outside of that, you and I still have to practice it. You and I still have to engage into it. You and I have to let it be a part of our lives day in and day out. Amen. You and I have not reached a point or a place. Amen. If we want the glory of God, there is a requirement. There is a must in some areas that we and I must cover the bases, amen, for that glory to fall. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not interested in a false glory. And I'm not interested in a false anointing. I'm interested in a genuine move of the Holy Ghost. Because when this glory can move, I'm telling you, cancerous bodies will be miraculously killed. And we know what he'll do because we're watching the glory of God working Sister David Burnham's life and all that process and doing great marvelous things. Why is all that so important? Because the first one on this last sheet that I put out today, Elvis Edwin's 13-year-old boy, cancer. That's why. That's why. Because there's people that are facing dire situations. And they need a God. They need a church that knows how to touch God. They need a church that knows how to let God move and let God have his way. And then after God does it, they, they, they're not a thief. They're not a thief. There's more than one way you can steal from God. Malachi talks about in tithes and offerings. You can also be a thief in a service. Because you can, you know, Paul wrote, wrote to us, he said, do things decent in order. You know, you can make such a scene trying to worship God that you become the scene. You become more of a distraction than a worshiper. That's the reason Paul had to deal. Now, remember now, remember the letter that started this, Church of God, 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. Church of God, the Corinth Church. And it's in this particular church and in, in writings that God, that Paul has to come and after a letter sent to him, or somehow or another, he was informed from Chloe's house about the condition of the church, what was going on, the, the bickering, the fussing. 
man, and, and he talks about that. And, and I'm gonna, I may go to that. I may, I may get to some of the first and second chapter there before it's over with. We'll just see. And, um, but when you go to Exodus, the 40th chapter, then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, and Moses were not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. When the, when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journey. So we know without a waver and a doubt, but, but I want to say this. That didn't just happen. You've got a whole book almost where God begins to instruct Moses and tell him how to build a tabernacle and how to build a temple. And these are one that's just rooms, the tabernacle and the temple. It's all based on the tabernacle. And then you've got temple and you've got rooms. You've got Gentile rooms and courts and, and how it's set up and, and certain requirements. Amen. And I'm still going to preach that message. Man, it hit me again today as I studied some of this out. And you begin to go back in this Exodus itself and the previous chapters of what, what Moses had was instructed by the Lord to tell Aaron and his sons and their requirement. Amen. Of, of uh, presenting them themselves through washing and the right lentils and things of this nature and then the tabernacle itself and I started to bring my chart out here and just set it up amen to see the tabernacle itself and uh, you know because we're living in a world today that thinks you can just blunder in on God and you could just you know just you can uh, I'm gonna tell you something I learned from Bishop Odom amen and it's really stuck into my spirit in the last few weeks amen and he was talking about Cain and Abel and he talked about in a sense how David it is to get angry in the house of God because there with, with, with Cain and Abel when Cain it was worship and it was over worship but, but Cain became angry that angry can also be a bad attitude it's a very dangerous thing I personally feel I'm not going to mention names <laughs> we're praying for them uh, they don't come here yet but uh, they don't go nowhere. How about that? And uh, but anyway, I, I just know they've done some things, and 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 now they're texting, needing some prayer because they're in a foul situation. Well, you know what? You you don't come in the house of God and do things and and cause an embarrassment. It could cost you. It could cost you. It's a dangerous thing to come into the anointed. In and out, just nonchalantly and half-heartedly and in a mundane way. And so here we know as we read about the glory of God that failed to the point place that Moses couldn't even minister. Because the glory that filled the house, the setting up of that tabernacle. If you go back a few chapters and read where it was set up. And even to the point of where Korah and his, his, his individuals. Watch this. And, and I'm not going to spend all the time because I don't want to have the time. But, but if you go back and read it, you're going to see that Aaron and his sons only was, would see the holy things. Amen. They would, they would have to take, and you can watch every, every utensil, every article that was in there. 
there. The candle, the bread, the table of bread, the altar of incense, the altar itself. Every piece. Now you can back up and watch this. When, when, when Moses went to set it out, it started from basically the inside out. Salvation starts from the inside out, not from the outside in. Ooh, praise God. And in fact, one of the first flags I've noticed in living for God and working with people, amen, if they start trying to say, well, I got to do this and I got to do that, but the heart never changes, but they start, you don't work from the outside in, you work from the inside out. If you'll start getting the heart right, all the others start, it's a whole lot easier. And so salvation, even this, this art is where he started. He sets it up and, and he sets the mercy seat up. But watch this. Every time, amen, they had to move. Because, you know, a lot of times people think, man, this has been the ideal to live. And, man, you had the clown, you had the fire. But if you'd have been a part of the group, amen, the Levitical group, amen, that had to bear the burden and bear all of these utensils. And they never got to see the glory. They never got to see the gold. They didn't get to see any of that. Because Moses... Lord had told Moses, he said, you tell Aaron and his sons, they take those purple cloths and sheets and let's say this, this was the ark they would come and cover it, nobody else could see it, nobody else had the opportunity to see they would cover it up and all the utensils that was used for that, for, the, for that furniture and for that part of the worship was placed into that purple linen and covering and then the sackcloth amen, or the badger skins was placed over, so all they ever got to see was the badger skins they never really got to see the beauty of the workmanship and the craftsmanship and all of that, amen, it took place. All of that was always covered up, amen. And so there was work and labor that was involved in it. And day in and day out when they would move that tabernacle and move that temple, all of this took place. And every, every utensil, not just some, but every single one of them would be covered up. And every single one of them, the, the spoons and, and, and all the things that was used, they would have to put it up and put it together. And they put the staff through it, amen. And then they'd have to bear it and put it on the shoulders. Hallelujah. So there was a responsibility amen that come with the glory of God unless they done it right in fact to the point place if they walked in and seen it without the covering it to kill them it would cause them to die we see a little example of that with Uzziah with David and the ark he thought was gonna he just put his hands up and God smote him Tell you what, he gave me a fresh look at what David was talking about. About don't put your hands on the anointed. Sometimes God will kill us without physically killing us, but we'll be spiritually dead. God knows, God sees, He's. And so, again, as we talk about this glory, we talk about uh, the power, the presence of God, and, and how to handle it. You'd have to agree with me. Today, America doesn't look at church like she did 50 years ago. 50 years ago, almost all denominations showed some kind of reverence at the house of God. And if I offend someone with this, that's not my intent, but it's the facts, okay? But, but I was raised Methodist, and even the Methodists, my own mother would not wear a pair of pants to the house of God. 
But if you go to some of their worship times tonight, and please don't be offensive by that, anybody's Methodist. I'm not, but you'd have to agree. You'd have to look back. You can just look back and see. Amen. But you don't know if they go into the ball field or to the house of God. You can't, and but they want the glory of God. But you look at what I'm where they're at tonight. What are they facing tonight? They're about to bust wide open. They're about to be totally destroyed. And just why? Over what? Over putting homosexuals in the pulpit. It ought not even be an, a question about that. They need to be in the pew and hear the gospel and be redeemed and saved like all other sinners. But I'm telling you, we're living in a world because we have shoved the glory of God and shoved it back and shoved it away. And we don't want it. No, no, just give me just a little bit of do. Just a little bit of do. A little bit won't do. Because now we're going to need the glory of God. We're going to need it settling down on our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. Because we're in such a battle. We're in such a warfare day in and day out. Amen. Not just at the house of God. That's the reason some come in this house so worried tonight. I thought about it and thought about my wife that sings that song sometimes. 700 things on my mind, and I'm trying to worship God. <laughs> trying to get a hold of Jesus. And man, this is coming up, and that's coming up. And, and if anything can irritate us, it may be the way somebody leads service, it may be the way somebody sings a song. <laughs> Come on now. He knows if I can stir up some attitudes, if I can stir up a little anger, I take it all the way back to King, honey. It stops the glory of God. It stops the presence of God to flow in. Without the presence of God, you and I can't make the journey. It is absolutely impossible. Oh, we're trying, but we're not going to do it. We're not going to be successful. We got to have His glory. We got to have His presence. Amen. To help us. You know what? And if we'll just take it more than just in the house of God. But if we'll get to that point in place. You know what? I'm going to carry it on Mondays too. I'm going to carry it to the workplace. I'm going to carry it, amen, because you just never know who you may encounter. And what circumstance or situation you may encounter. That God, that somebody needs to see the glory of God. Not our glory, but his glory as it flows through us. Why? Because that is the Holy Ghost. We, you and I are the temple of God. We're the temple of God now. Our body, Paul writes about it. Both our soul, spirit, and body belongs to him. Our body is saying something. Amen. How we conduct ourselves. How we, how we dress ourselves. The places we go in and get involved in and get caught up in. What, what we have a passion for. Now, now that's, that's, that's leading me where I want to go tonight. A passion, a love. A love for the house of God. A stir. So as I, I read through some of this and studied out this, this today, and uh, you go to Exodus 36, 1 and 2, and I'm going to just the second verse, and Moses called Belzeel and Aholiot, which is the two that was wise-hearted men and who the Lord had put wisdom in them. But I want you to notice something, what he says about them. Even everyone whose heart stirred him up to come unto the work to do it. Come to the work to stir him up. 
come to the work to do it. You know how you have the glory of God to fill the house? It's because when we get up on Wednesdays, it starts already kicking in. This is Wednesday night. And devil, you're probably going to try your best, but you let me tell you something before we even get started. It won't do you any good, buddy. I'm going. I'm excited about going to the house of God. I'm, I'm excited about what I can do, what wood I can bring. It may be, you know, you know, some of us, your little trunk can't bring but maybe two or three pieces. And others got big old trucks, you can bring a big old truckload. And so, but, but maybe some Wednesday nights, all you can bring is one stick. Amen. But other Wednesday nights, you can bring 12 sticks. And so, but we come and do what? We come to build a fire. We come to see the glory of God, even on a Wednesday night. When I know if I listen to my carnality, that's hostile against God. If I listen to my flesh, I'd much rather stay home and drink some iced tea and prop my feet up and get in the bed early. I got a long day tomorrow. But no, there's something on the inside of us. So no, oh glory's calling. Amen. I want to feel oh glory. I want to be there. Amen. And I want to be a part of it to feel the hand of God, to feel the presence of God, to feel the love of God saturate my, there's nothing like it. I'm telling you, there's nothing on the face of this earth that's like feeling the Holy Ghost and the power of God. Amen. Just not just that one encounter. But I tell you, that's what Keep, keeps us coming back to the house of God to feel old glory, to blow through this house and blow upon our lives and upon our spirit. I can really help some of you tonight. If y'all would let old glory blow sometime when you're at home, when you're spending so much time looking at Facebook and looking at all that other stuff, but, but you don't never want, really want to bow your knee and don't spend time in prayer. You can't tell me you spend much time when you can't make it to the house of God and go through a prayer room, amen, 30 minutes before a service. You really can't expect to walk in, expect old glory to show up for you, amen, when you come in and you're not, you're not covered like you need to be and you're not followed the orders like you've been instructed. And, and you can just override the pastor if you want to. That's your business. There's nothing I can do about that, amen. No more than Moses could do about it whenever they rose up. And the first thing they wanted to do was, was annihilate and destroy Moses and Aaron, amen, when they started facing problems and situations, amen, they was going to die. I wish the Lord had just killed us on the other side. But oh no, God wouldn't plan on it. You know what? God's going to bring you out. I'm going to tell you something. There's going to be a resurrection. There's going to be a catching away. Amen. Oh, glory's going to show up. Hallelujah. Upon this earth and he's going to take his bride home. And you and I need to make up in our minds and make up in our hearts and make up in our spirit. I'm going to be a part of it. Some of you young people need to start making up in your mind, heart, and spirit. I'm going to seek ye first the kingdom of God. I'm going to seek your glory. I want my mama to hear me at midnight, man, standing and shouting in my bedroom, speaking in that heavenly language, having a love affair with God. It do our kids good. Say they want something to drink about midnight, coming down through there and come down through the living room and hear mom and daddy. Anybody remember your dating, dating time? Okay, well, y'all must have had much of a date anyway. <laughs> I remember ours. We was on a party line. We'd have to be asked, hey, y'all got to get off the phone. We got to use the phone. (laughs) 
I know we spoiled today, ain't we? You can be seated. It's Wednesday night. But there was a stir in the heart. The stir. Uh, Can I focus a little bit tonight on the stir? Stir itself. To be stirred to give, to be stirred to sacrifice, to be stirred to get involved somehow, in some way, about God's kingdom. Doesn't matter if it's at the local assembly or wherever, whenever. I want to get involved. I want to be a part of it. And I want it, I want it the way that God would have it to be. And so, even, even as, as you watch this of, of giving and making sacrifices and committing ourselves, and I've got a lot of scriptures and probably way too many to really cover all this, but... Uh, but but I want you to notice something. It wasn't just the men either. I'm going I'm to back up a few scriptures. and well, I may come back to this in 2 Corinthians 9th chapter. I may come back to that. But in Exodus 35 and 25 and 26, and all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun, both the blue and purple and scarlet and a fine linen. And all the women whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. In fact, if you'll go back to Exodus 26 and 7, you'll see that they made them goat of goat's hair coming up on the tabernacle, some leaven curtains. Man had to be spun together and worked together. And so the Spirit of God had stirred him up. Man, we build in this tabernacle. We build in these curtains. We we build in, man, we're, we're, we're seeing something unfold and seeing something take place. Hallelujah. You know what it's going to take to buy that field? Amen. It's when people get stirred up and say, you know what, we're going to get the field. And you know what, we're not only going to get the field, but we're going to build a new building out there. And we're going to get the baptistry inside. Amen. We don't have to go out to a fellowship hall. Amen. To baptize them. But we're going to get it where it needs to be. And we can keep the music going and the singing going and the glory going in a measure and a power. Hallelujah. That when they come up out of that watery grave, they can be baptized with the Holy Ghost. See, I'm telling you, it's all got to get a hold of us. It's got to get under our spirit. It's got to get under our minds. It's got to get in our heart. It's called you to wake up in the middle of the night sometime and say, oh God, what can I do? Amen. To be a part of this. How can I engage? How can I stir up my heart, God? Stir up my spirit. Amen. I'm telling you that Sunday, I'm telling you, it stirred something inside my most being when he preached about our Lord, about our Jesus, and the price he paid, and, and how he stood for him and wanted to speak for him. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's never been a time this world needs Jesus, and they need a revelation of this true gospel and who God is to work on their behalf and set them. They need a taste of all glory. They need to feel. So we, we see it wasn't just men. They got stirred. became moved. There's something about the word of God. The power of it to stir us. And I, I won't spend a whole lot of time here. But just a little bit. With Josiah. And uh, the time of he's taking range. And even at an early age. Only eight years old. When he began his reign. And. And there, as he began to uh, pursue and, and reach after the things of God and, 
and the Bible says he actually is about 18 years old and the Reformation it begins and he sends okay, a man to uh, begin to search things and one of the first things he does amen it's cleans the temple now wait a minute let me back up just a little bit but the word of God was found <laughs> amen so uh, the, the high priest had said unto Zaphon, the scribe, the scribe, he said, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And he gave the book to Zaphon and he read it. Amen. But he didn't just read it. Then he takes it. And he takes it to Josiah. And the Bible says he reads it unto Josiah. And Josiah is stirred. He's stirred to the point, the 11th verse says, and it came to pass that when King had heard the words of the book of the law, that he rent kids clothes he tore them man it moved him son he stirred him he knew that hey our fathers have have done things that's un, ungodly and unwholesome hey man we've been heading in the wrong direction doing the wrong things and, and so immediately hey man he began to take about the offerings and the offerings that the, 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 the doorkeepers was faithful and they just kept storing it up and, and so he sets them up and he gives some money to the builders and the masonaries and the different uh, the craftsmen hey amen and they start working on that temple and rebuilding the temple and the tabernacle and setting it up but one of the first things he began to do was go in there and drive out things that was unwholesome and things that's unrighteous. He knew, oh, glory wasn't going to show up. I'm going to tell you something. The world is trying its best in the religious realm to mingle and to mix. But I'm here to tell you, you and I can't do it. Hallelujah. You can, I can't do it. If we're going to stay with truth, if we're going to walk in the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, there's only one foundation. There's only one gospel. There's only one Lord. There's only one Savior. And they can say what they want to about it. But there's only one foundation, the gospel of the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus you must be born again of the water and the spirit these are the teachings and instructions of Jesus Christ himself you and I don't have the power the authority to change you must be born you must be born we're going to work on and I hadn't got with them but we're going to amen and we're going to start children's church and I've already got it, my, made up my mind. And what little I'm involvement I'm going to have. But, but uh, there's one thing I'm going to tell them. Often, you teach them about one God. Often, you teach them about the plan of salvation. They got to have it. These babies, it's got to be ingrained into their hearts. It's got to be ingrained into their spirit. It's got to be ingrained into their minds. They got to come to that conclusion and that revelation. Amen. That this is the only way. Because if you don't, I'm telling you, they're slipping away one after another. Hallelujah. And some of them slipping out there and doing this and doing that. And it's your, your and my business. Amen. And it's our business. Amen. To make sure at the house. And we'll tell you something, ladies and gentlemen and parents. If you've got things at your house, amen, that's unholy and unrighteous it's your business it's your responsibility to drive it out and take it out amen if you're not checking them phones if you're not taking note of what's going on and what they're bound down to and what they're lending their ears to and what they're letting their little eyes amen to behold that God falls on us oh glory it's not going to hang around at the house and without oh glory it opens us up for the devil it opens us up for carnality it opens us up amen for us become hallelujah what we don't desire to become because when God takes his hand off and when God removes his glory, I tell you, it's just a matter of time. We're going to slip and slide just like everybody else. That's the reason 
we got to have it. The Bible talks about Josiah, how he humbled himself. Said he came to pass when the king had heard, and he ran his clothes. The king commanded Helkiah, the priests, and he got a group. It was five of them in, in all. And so they began to inquire of the Lord. Listen what he tells them to do. Go, he inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all of Judah concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book to do according to, unto all that which is written over us. So they done that. You drop down to the 15th verse. He sends them, this group now. He sends them to hold. Hold is a prophetess. Man, this is, this is kind of, you know, you can say what you want to about women, whatever. But here we are. Amen. And so when you look at this and you begin to take note and hold her, that is a prophetess. Amen. They're sent unto her. Now, Jeremiah, I don't know. He was, he's a part of this time, part of this season uh, where he's at. I don't know if he hadn't been set up yet. I don't know. Maybe it was too far. Uh, they seemed to be there was another one, amen, that was a part of this same time. And maybe he, but, but anyway, they come, amen, to the hold here. Amen. And she, they, they make their way unto her. And they say, the God of Israel, tell the man that sent you to me, thus saith the Lord. Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitation thereof, even all the words of the book which the king of Judah hath read, because they have forsaken me and have burnt incense unto other gods. Now, I'm going to tell you something. It's not a time to bow down to other gods. It's not a time, amen, to eat from the tables of the devil. It's not a time, amen, to make sacrifices, amen, to idols. I'm not looking for a superstar from, from, from athletical person or even some political person. Hey man, if y'all want to get tangled up in that bind and that Trump stuff and all that, that's your business. That's your business. Hallelujah. But I'm here to tell you. Hallelujah. I want to get tied up in Jesus Christ. I'm going to get tied up in the Holy Ghost. I want to get tied up. Amen. I mean, the, Paul himself warned us. He said not to entangle ourselves with the affairs of this world. This world is going down. This nation, amen, is going down. The only thing that's going up is you and I and the Holy Ghost. And we've got to keep old glory alive and well in our lives to get us out of here because if we don't I'm telling you the stage is being set for the Antichrist the stage is being set for the greatest deceivers ever walked upon this green earth and that's the Antichrist himself he's going to deceive the Jews he's going to deceive all of them they're going to drove to him they're going to ride to him they're going to back him up and I'm telling you only the true believers amen if you're going to keep yourself from being deceived you better get old glory burning in your heart burning in your mind burning in your spirit what is that what happens to us when this kind of, these kind of things begin to happen? Huh. You go on and look at, hold on, amen. She was actually a keeper of the wardrobe. Huh. I think there's some, some tie there. I didn't mention about how they would they'd put together the curtains and it was working. Then I, so I saw through the day and, okay, the house of God, the place of worship. David helps us as much as anybody with some of the Psalms that he's written. And I'm not going to be much longer. I don't know how much time. I got about five minutes. I got time here. 
we go to First Chronicles 28, and I'm just going to pick up a portion of a few scriptures here of 28, the latter part of 28 and First Chronicles 29. David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and of good courage and do it. He's talking about building the tabernacle. I'm talking about doing the work that God's going to be calling him to do. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. And behold, the courses of the priests and the Levites, even they shall be with thee for all the service of the house of God. Notice, got to get involved. They got to become a part of it. And there shall be with thee all for all manner of workmanship, every willing, skillful man. For any manner of service, also the princes and all the people will be holy at thy commandments. The 29th chapter picks up. Furthermore, David, the king, said unto the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, he is, is yet young and tender, and the work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now I prepared with all of my might, and for the house of my God, the gold for the things to be made of gold, and the silver for the things of silver, and the brass for the things of brass, the iron for the things of iron, and the wood for the things of wood, the onyx stone, the stones to be set, glistering stones, and ivory colors, and all manner of precious stones, marble stones in abundance. But the, this is a key verse I wanted to get to. The third verse says, but moreover, because I have set my affections to the house of my God. I have set my affections to the house of my God. I, I'm determined by the grace of God and by the mercy of the Lord. I want this place to be in a place of attraction. I want this place, amen, to when they, and you watch this, this week I've already been praying. We're going to have a baby shower here tomorrow night in that fellowship hall. You know what I've been praying this week? And ever who drives on this parking lot that's never been to an apostolic or a Pentecostal church that when they pull on the parking lot they say hmm there's something here I've never felt before ladies I'm going to put a little pressure on you amen that's more than a baby shower tomorrow night that's an opportunity to be a witness that's an opportunity amen to show the love of God that's an opportunity to show what God's doing for us and how God's blessing us and you, know, you can look at the bad and you can look at this or you can make up in your mind with the help of God amen we're going to be a testimony with the help of God we're going to be a witness it don't matter who they are and where they come from hallelujah that, that ain't my business amen my business is just so God is the one amen that, that works on the soil God is the one that works on the mind God is the one that works on the heart God amen is the one that works on the spirit my business amen is to sow the good seed of the word of God I tell you what they they'll never be saved without the seed of the word of God or his spirit and so I'm gonna leave you with just a few verses amen of Psalms talks about the affections of the house of God. Lord, I have loved the inhabitations of the house, the place where thy honor dwelleth. Something about coming here, something about amen, coming here to worship, coming here to magnify God and even to pray. Even to pray. <laughs> Just something about coming here. Amen. Driving upon these grounds that's been dedicated and committed to God. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. If something gets a hold of us and it's a, it's a, it's a fight for us to come to the house of God. And, and we never can come early and we never can seem to stay late with the last one's here. And, amen. The first one's leaving. I'm not trying to be offensive here. I'm just telling you affections are not in it. Now there's times that may happen. 
But I'm telling you for the most part, that's not the case. Because when you have a real affection for something, amen, and you really have a real desire for it, you want to show up early, amen, you want to get involved. And it doesn't really matter, and I'm going to say this, and I know we got to fix, and time's not going to allow me, but I, could, I was going to slip right on in the first Corinthians, the first chapter, where Paul writes about that. Because the bottom line, amen, Paul said, which name was you baptized in? You weren't baptized in Paul. You weren't baptized in Apollos. No, you was baptized in the name of Jesus. We come here for one purpose and one reason. That's to come together and bind together and unite together as a body of Christ to give glory and praise and honor to the head called Jesus Christ and let his glory fill this house. Let his anointing fill this house. Let his baptism fill this house. Every single that gets up, I want them anointed. Every saint of God that walks in the house of God, I want them anointed. Every preacher that stands behind this pulpit, I want them anointed. Hello, every Sunday school teacher, I want them anointed. Amen. I want them blessed of God and the favor of God upon them. I want everybody that's got any kind of positions and involved in any manner. God, if you can't find affection, then do it, then resign. If you can't find a passion to do it, then resign. If you lost your heartbeat, amen, to do it, then resign. Hallelujah. The best thing you and I can do, amen, if I'm going to lose my zeal and lose my passion, amen, to push this church, then I need to resign. Let God put somebody else in here. But, oh, God, I want you to stir up something in my mind and stir up something in my heart. I want an old-fashioned of the glory of God. I want my children and my grandbabies to know what it is to experience the glory of God and the power thereof. You're looking at her and sitting at me. You know why? Oh, glory hadn't showed up in a long time. But you keep hanging around here. She's coming. She's coming, baby. She's coming. So glory's going to come. Because the Bible told me if I'm preaching long enough and hard enough and obey God, he's going to show up. It's not to hurt us. It's to help us. It's to help us. Amen. It's to help us on this journey. Amen. To lift us and strengthen us. And we'll tell you something, the glory of God helped from the oldest to the youngest. You'll find you're as much to gripe about. You'll find you're as much to mumber about. I could have started right there. When the first time glory showed up to Israel is when they mumbered. That is not the way to get the glory of God to show up. But it did for them. <laughs> I don't want it to be because I'm mumbering. I'm going to mumble. I'm just going to make it a prayer meeting. Talk to somebody and do something about it. And I don't need my phone to do it. And I don't need Facebook to do it. And I don't need all those other things to do it. I'm not preaching against them. I'm just simply telling you those are snares. Amen. That we better watch out. And we better wise up as a serpent and get the attitude and the spirit. I'm going to be saved and my children are going to be saved. And whatever we got to do to get old glory back in our homes and that's what we're going to do. We're going to walk in our homes. Amen. And we're going to plead the blood. Amen. Did you hear what Bishop Oldham said? I know everybody's not going to do it. Probably not. Maybe just one or two. Out of all his, all, all the ones that's in Renaissance with him. They read their Bible out loud. He says, I want my house filled with the word of God. Now we can just mark that off. We won't say. Or we could say, you know what? I'm not, I'm not content where I'm at. I'm not as satisfied as I'd like to be. I'm not seeing what I'd like to see. You know, if I was a farmer and I planted, and every year, you know, I only got a half of a crop, 
and I planted the same way every year, done the same thing every year, the same time every year. I kept getting the same crop every year. You know what? I changed my planting tactics. I'd say, well, you're living for God. When you and I, amen, reach a point in place that you know what? I believe God's got more for me. In fact, I'm interested in reading the Bible. I'm interested, amen, in praying. I've been more interested in reading the Bible and praying than I've ever been in my life. I told my boss right over there, every, every day I get an opportunity, I'm leaving that hardware store, and I'm coming right down here. I'm not telling you to be bragging on anything like that because I'm going to tell you something. We need a visitation of God Almighty. We need people, amen, to get in their prayer closets and humble themselves and yield themselves and get old glory back down because I'm watching some of you drifting off. I'm watching some more of you drifting away and old glory is the only thing that's going to save you. And if glory can't do it, then nothing or nobody else can either. That's the reason when Israel got in trouble. They'd run and snatch up that ark, have it brushed in, because it represented, oh, glory. And they'd shout and get beside themselves. But they failed to cover some things so oh glory could do the work it's made to do. If that hadn't changed in the New Testament. But I'm going to get my mind made up, my heart made up, my soul made up. One thing I'm praying, God, put a watchman. Put a bridle. <laughs> Just how much does it take to fend God? I want to tell, I want to tell Brother Mikey the other night, man, if you get that gum out of your mouth, you get the Holy Ghost. Not his pastor. And so maybe he lets them chew gum. And if they want to in Laurel, they can. But we're not in Bendale. We're in the house of God. And one of the most, I feel, one of the most unrespectful things or disrespectful things that you and I can do, amen, is sitting out here, amen, chewing like we're chewing our cud or something. Because the next thing you know, they'll be. I've seen it. I've seen it. Hallelujah. Don't I tell you right now, it'll shut glory down. That's the reason Paul warned us. He said, hey man, you're not to grieve. How much does it take to grieve the Spirit of God? How much does it take sometime? Hallelujah. I have a feeling it doesn't take near as much as some people may think. But I'll tell you something. When we get things right, there's nothing that can stop old glory. There's not a devil. There's not a circumstance. There's not a family. There's not a situation that can stop old glory from showing up. I tell you, right here, been down Mississippi, and we can see him delivered and brought out. I'm through. I'm through. I know my time's up. You keep praying for me. And we're going to keep preaching about. Oh, glory. I didn't get to cover. And I only, I only brought three pages tonight. I've done a lot better, didn't I? Praise God. We can stand. Let me, I'm going to give you a few verses to take home with you. Psalms 27, 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord.
I really believe it's dangerous, spiritually speaking, especially to come in the house of God. It's one thing to leave worse than what you came, but it's also a bad deal to leave unchanged. Expressions, your countenance. I'm in the house of God, man. I think about that when I'm down here worshiping God. God, you're looking. And sometimes I look at it this way. And God, you're looking just at me. I want to make sure I please you. Because this is about you anyway. It's not about this one or that one. And I love you. And we're going to worship together. But understand what I'm trying to say. Your worship matters. As individuals. Your prayers matter. Can I, can I say a little more? Next time you call on me to pray, and we come up here to pray, I'm just going to How much would you appreciate that? I know you're important. I know, you know, the president may be subject to call you. But when it comes service time, I'd even tell him, Yo, he, we got church from 6.30 to 9 o'clock at least. He'll have to call me before or after. Now there's times and exceptions, but I've talked about all the time. I don't want a response here, but I wonder just how many in service that you got your phone and it's on. And how often you look at it through service. Jesus don't need your phone to talk to you. Now if you got a situation at home. Now let me, I'm going to explain something because if I don't. If you got a situation at home and you're going to possibly need, need it. That's a different ball game. But how many in this house has got somebody at the house that you may be needed for? Nobody? But that does happen. Okay. What, what are you trying to say? When's the last time you was carrying on a conversation with somebody? You're carrying on a personal conversation and they're steady. And you want to grab one of these? We're talking about the glory of God, the creator himself, the one that can raise nations and turn them down, the one that can turn our lives around in one service and one visitation and one, Brother Ford, he mentioned it, in one visitation, one moment, one distraction can rob you, amen, of what the very, the very color of the golden nugget you're going to need tomorrow to get out on the other side. Amen. you the devil, the devil knows what he's doing. The devil knows. And that's, that's all I'm trying to get us to understand. He's trying to distract us. He's trying to rob us. Because he don't want you to make it. But God does. God wants everybody on Sunday. He wants us to make it. And you know what? We can. We can make it. Let's get a passion. 
Let's get an affection. I know my time's up. I love you tonight. Appreciate you. Oh, just we'll keep praying, keep pursuing, keep believing. God's going to do some great, mighty things. Uh, I need you to help tonight. Uh, we got the baby shower tomorrow night. I need some volunteers to help. Sister Brooke and them, they're going to do some decorating tonight. She's not going to be able to tomorrow. She's got to go to Hattiesburg and different things to take care of. So I need a few volunteers. Okay. I, I'm going I'm to take care of the baptistry. I'm the one that done it, so I need to be the one that puts it back. <laughs> Amen. Because if you don't get them lights, you talk about a mess. Woo, Lord have mercy. You talk about a test. Huh. Well, it was one night I was out there, man. I was ready to cut them down, throw them in the garbage. Let's wall this thing up. They can just, you know, we get us a peephole. They can watch them. Nah. <laughs> I was sick of them lights, man. They got all tangled up. <laughs> but anyway, our lives can get tangled up like that. But God's for us. God's for us. If you could stay and help us, we'd really appreciate it. And I know everybody probably can't, but some would stay and help. It won't take long. We love you. Appreciate you. God bless you tonight. We love you. God bless you.